Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, AMP Spa President and COO Kathy Christensen is in conversation with Danny Shear, Physician Assistant Injector and Founder at Sparkle Aesthetics. Welcome to Medical Spa Insider. My name is Kathy Christensen. I'm the President and Chief Operating Officer of the American Med Spa Association. And our guest today is a woman who has really started carving out a niche for a number of different reasons in our industry. She's actually kind of based in in our backyard. We're in Chicago and, and she's in a suburb of Oak Park. And if you haven't met her, her personally or haven't necessarily heard of her name, Danny Shear, you're probably pretty familiar with her name, Danny Sparkles, which um, I believe you've gone viral in our industry, Danny, for your magical comedic takes on things that are medical aesthetic oriented. So please welcome Danny Shear. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot So, for Danny, having me. This is really fun. Danny is an interesting person in the fact that she has, she's a PA. Um, she started out and, uh, you know, going to um, graduating from Washington University in St. Louis with a degree in French. Um, I believe, Danny, correct me if I'm wrong, you then um, spent some time at Second City, the famous um, kind of comedic trampoline in Chicago and um, then found your way back to medical school and worked as an ERPA for about 10 years before you verged into aesthetics. Is that correct? Yeah, you got it right. All right. Well, tell us a little bit more about this crazy path that you took. And I love it because it's so indicative of pretty much everybody's path in this industry. (laughs) It's never been a straight shot for most anyway. Um, So tell us more about kind of how you got involved in aesthetics. Yeah, isn't it true? I I think everybody in aesthetics is such an interesting industry where people have gone like a totally non-linear path. There's so many Mm -hmm. like circuitous entries into it, which kind of creates this like dumpster of characters, right, in the (laughs) the aesthetics world. Um, But uh, yeah, so I, I was always kind of you know, even as a kid, I remember writing a letter to my grandmother saying, I either want to be um, an actor or a doctor. And <laughs> so I kind of, I was kind of performance and, and comedy. So as I was, you know, in high school, I kind of excelled in the science courses and was like, yeah, I'm on this path to go into medicine. And that I was also in the theater world. So just that mega dork. <laughs> um, so so then, then off to Wash U, where I kind of went because of their medical school. I wanted to go to their med school, and um, but then found improv comedy, which I'd never encountered prior to to college. And then that just kind of won my heart. And I said to myself, you know what, I um, I can do pre med, but I don't want to be a pre med major because that takes too much focus, and I really want to focus on comedy. So I, I knew I wanted something with like a high GPA and I was pretty good at French. So I was like, I'll just be a French waitress mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, basically just did comedy for 15, 13 years or so um, doing Second City, IO. You know, I kind of wrote my own shows, produced my own shows, really loved the idea of writing sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. And so I did a lot of that um, and got a job in Amsterdam doing comedy, which is sort of like the... Zenith. Isn't Zenith the high one? Nadir is yes. the low one? Yes, Zenith yes. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, that the uh, Boom Chicago is the zeniths of um, the comedy world. If you can get that gig, you sort of got into a great place in in your comedy career. So I, I did that um, for a couple of years and performed with like, you know, a bunch of people that have now gone on to do great things um, in comedy. And that was sort of like my kind of wake up call of like, okay, what are we doing here? Are we just going to keep plugging away in the comedy world? Do I want to be on TV? Mm-hmm. You know, my friends are going on to TV and it just kind of was like this come to come to comedy Jesus with myself with <laughs> like, wh- what kind of life do I want uh-huh. now? Do I, do I want to be kind of like this struggling comedian or do I want to, you know, I still have this kind of back of my mind wanting to be a doctor. So I thought, you know what I'll do? I have all the prereqs for medicine. What I can do is go to PA school because then that way it's only two years. I can practice medicine and I can still do comedy on the side. So I, I did what my husband calls split the baby <laughs> um, and split the baby of comedy and medicine and kept doing comedy and went to PA school. And I never really left that, you know, that bifurcation is still like, has always been in me mm-hmm. in sort of like split brains. Um, and so, you know, I, I did, I did the ER, which was really my first love of medicine. And it still is. I, I'm very passionate about emergency medicine and I still do emergency medicine every week. I go work at the same hospital I've worked at for 15 years wow. um, and do a trauma shift, trauma shift at Mount Sinai every week. Um, and I, you know, I, I've always loved that. So, so, you know, I, that's, that's kind of like what brought me to this point now, but like, uh, six to eight years ago, I started the, you know, kind of thinking like, oh man, injecting is kind of cool. That's like a fun procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got into aesthetics about six, six, seven years ago, um, just doing like Botox, Botox parties and, you know, just took a training course with um, another Chicago injector named Rhonda. Rhonda Pollock Androides, I think is how you say her name. And, uh-huh. and she was just really, really, really helpful in terms of like, she talked to me for like a couple hours. She let me come shadow her. And I got really curious about, you know, this world of aesthetics and m- mostly for the procedural aspect of it. I thought this was like, had some crossover with emergency medicine where you're doing sort of procedure stuff a lot with your hands. You know, mm-hmm. I really like fixing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I made this comedy video on Instagram. Was like, which type of injector are you? Oh, I've seen and, it. <laughs> yeah, it is. There brilliant. was one called. Uh, <laughs> oh, thanks. There's one that was like um, the structural engineer, and you know, and I played that character with uh-huh. like the hard hat. Like, yeah, this got a. We're gonna need a high G prime rheology. <laughs> you know, this has got a classic face tag. Like and kind of thinking about the vectors of the face and uh-huh. all that. Like to me, that's like a major part of my mind. I, I really like thinking of the face as like we got to fix this, we got to pull this up. You know, there's art to it, but there's also like as an element of physics of like where's this pulling from and uh-huh. what anatomy structure is holding it in place. So I, you know, it, to me it was just like this really cool crossover between art and science, and that is sort of big part of who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I mean that's a hundred percent true. Like that's that's the differentiator, I think, and that's something that we see a lot. You know, when we're talking to and meeting injectors, um, that's what makes an injector great, I believe. And you know, I'm working on this theory, of course, but it's that kind of ability to recognize that there's an art to it. 
like equal parts art and science. Um, it's not just sticking a needle in oh. someone's face, you know, absolutely. You have to have that kind of desire to make it what the client wants while also kind of making it exactly um, as perfect as it can be with symmetry on the face and things like that, which are all kind of artistic methods and, and all of that. And then just, you know, aesthetics doesn't really take itself that seriously. Um, I would say your comedy is in a breath of fresh air. I think it gives a little levity to some of the things like when things start getting pretty serious, or you start feeling like there's a lot going on in the industry. Um, you're I saw the one that you referred to that video and um, the Ronna Canelli part of that video, like, I can't handle it. Like I can't. <laughs> yeah. The, ner- the, the nervous injector one. Yes. Yes. Or, yes. And then her yeah, and her that band. Also- that one was awesome. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, like Rada is one of my very close friends. Um, and so whenever I have an idea, she's like the first one I'm calling and she's just, she's a great sport. I'm like, I'm going to put you as like this stoner injector who yes. injects out of a van. And she's like, brilliant, brilliant. I love it. <laughs> And she like really turned up that Australian accent. Uh, yeah, she she goes hardcore. She'll go hundred percent with everything, which I love about her. It does add levity, though. I mean, I love. I um kind of we obviously know and kind of have been been watching you from afar, which sounds very Big Brother. But I mean, like we're aware of what you're doing. I know Dr. Weiner um thinks very highly of you. You do incredible things with ultrasound, which I definitely want to get into. But um. What does it feel like when one of your videos kind of goes viral in our industry? I'm curious. Oh, I, I just love it. Like the the performer in me just loves it. I'm just like, ah, I made something that people can connect to. That's great. You know, that's that's all you want as like a comedian is to, to create something that people can relate to. And, um, you know, and in in comedy, there's this slogan and there's even a book that's it's called the truth in comedy mm-hmm. where you just, you know, the, the idea of comedy is, is finding the truths that mm-hmm. are universal that people can connect to. And, and that's all I try to do is try to find those everyday truths of living in this aesthetic world. It's just, it is a weird little world. And, <laughs> um, and, and I, I find that some of the ridiculousness, um, and even some of the triumphs, you know, the triumphs, the defeats, all that stuff. I, I really try to find the thing that makes that so specific to our industry. And then I just try to make a sketch about it or something. To, and, and then so when something like that goes viral, it just it makes me feel like I've found something that gives someone that sense of like, I'm not the only one out here experiencing this. You know, I'm not uh-huh. alone. These are things that are happening to everybody. And so, you know, I, I the, it feels great because I, I feel like it, it, it in some ways it's like helps people mm-hmm. to kind of feel like they're not struggling on their own. You know, there, there is a lot of struggle in this business mm-hmm. and uh, and hustle and hard work and blood, sweat and tears for business owners. And, you know, it's nice to feel like, oh, man, I'm not the only one in this like this. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's I think you're absolutely right. And there is a lot of ridiculousness in this industry, as there is probably with with any industry. But um, I think you kind of give permission to people to 
kind of acknowledge some of it is a little bit silly. Um, and there are some um, there are some common themes that everybody, no matter where you are in the country or even internationally as an injector or in aesthetic medicine, you know, it's common kind of themes that are are pretty comedic. So I, I know I appreciate kind of the levity you bring. So I'm sure um, most people do. You can obviously see that by your traffic. So we are always kind of anxiously awaiting the next Danny Sparkles, um, the next Danny Sparkles uh, video that's coming out. Danny, tell us real quick, what's your uh, Instagram handle? So people who don't know you can come kind of see your genius. Um, Yeah, of course. It's it's Danny, D-A-N-I underscore sparkle underscore PA. All right. Um, so that's where you're me. Um, one of the things kind of switching gears here that you do very, very well and have been doing, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like something you started kind of developing a love for in the ER was ultrasound technology. Um, tell me a little bit more about what you're seeing as far as the adoption of that technique here in uh, aesthetic medicine and kind of how you have brought it and your specialty over from the ER into aesthetic medicine. Yeah, there's, um, you're right. It is something that kind of was seated in the emergency room um, around 2011 is when I started falling in love with ultrasound um, in the ER when it was really pretty new to emergency medicine too. Mm -hmm. And I, I really, I really loved like how it kind of refined a lot of the ER procedures that were frankly kind of like game of Thrones, you know, raw, (laughs) like, and (laughs) where it's like, Hey, you just stick a 14 gauge in that belly. And just usually the bowel floats away. And it is like, just kind of like this stuff that you're just like, really? <laughs> and you could get ultrasound and say, oh, well, now you can just slide it right into the pocket of fluid that you see is not near the bowel, you know, and, you know, all that stuff was really, to me, really spoke to me just as somebody who probably stemming from my Atari love as a child, but like just <laughs> the video game element of like, oh, this is really cool. You can kind of do this video assisted, sort of video assisted, but it's like sonar it's it's really pretty nerdy stuff, but I really loved it, you know, back then when it was kind of hitting the ER. And um, so then when, you know, I took probably, it put, took me like six, seven years of doing it in the emergency room to really feel pretty confident with it just in general um, and being able to try to find new uses for it in the ER um, with everything that, you know, we do in the ER. I was like, well, oh, maybe I'll just try to take a look inside here with the ultrasound and so um, it it took off for me back then. And then when I became an injector, a lot of this stuff that we do in, in aesthetics was felt kind of, again, sort of raw and, you know, that kind of like barbaric in some ways where we go, yeah, you just mm-hmm. stick a needle in the temple <laughs> and you probably don't get the deep temporal artery. If you do, you you might blind them, but probably, probably fine. <laughs> you know, and then it's like, oh, well, what if you do blind them? Eh, they don't get their vision back in that one eye, you know, and you're just kind of like, okay. Uh-huh. Um, so a lot of this stuff just made me really uneasy as an injector and as an ER person. Cause you know, every ER person is the most like paranoid person mm-hmm. you've ever met. Cause they see the worst of everything. <laughs> so, so when I got into injecting, you know, I was already very proficient in ultrasound and, and in fact, teaching it at the 
PA school, teaching it in the ERs. And um, so I kind of thought, you know, I'm just going to sort of start ultrasounding the face and try to avoid some of these horrible outcomes. And um, I just went to work on it and found, you know, I bought like three different ultrasounds because nobody, there wasn't like an established ultrasound device out there that everybody was using for the face because there was really, you know, nobody was doing it. Mm-hmm. So I stumbled across the Clarius handheld and I bought that one, tried it out. And I was like, you know, this one's pretty good. I'll, I'll do this one. And then they were really cool because they said, you know, we wanted to connect you. There was this other guy in Florida who just bought this device for the face. And you guys are the only two people in the country we know that are using ultrasound for the face. So if you want, here's his information. And they connected me with Dr. Weiner. Uh-huh. And, you know, so that was really, really fun. Cause I was like, I remember DMing him and being like, kind of like nervous. Cause I was like, he doesn't know me. And like, he's going to be like, who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I DM'd him on Instagram. I was like, hey, I heard you just bought this ultrasound, and I did too. And you know, so it was it was really fun. We kind of struck up like, uh, you know, this kind of um, relationship where, you know, he was like really one of the only people I knew doing it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, and so, you know, there's really only a few of us at the time. You know, Stella I think brought it on around that time, and. Um, Leone in Amsterdam was, was doing it then too. And so it just kind of became like this very small cadre of people mm-hmm. that were doing it. And so, and since then, it, that was a few years ago. And since then I've, you know, obviously developed courses and, um, techniques and all this stuff to integrate into the practice. And since then the adoption of it, as you, as you mentioned, has, has just, exponentially increased mm-hmm. um, just incredibly so Hey everyone, let me take a quick second to share something really interesting for your business. Did you know that a staggering 74% of consumers shop on their phones while watching TV at night? That's like 7 out of 10 of your patients. But the real eye-opener here is that less than 1 out of 10 med spas actually sell their products online. Can you imagine the untapped potential of giving your patients the convenience to purchase treatments, services, or skincare right from the comfort of their own homes through your very own branded app? That's where RepeatMD comes in. RepeatMD is the fastest growing software in the medical aesthetics industry, and for good reason. RepeatMD is designed by e-commerce experts who have worked with renowned brands like Target, Nordstrom, and Neiman Marcus, and they'll build your practice its own mobile rewards and shopping app. Clients love RepeatMD, and patients love the experience RepeatMD provides. RepeatMD rewards patients for spending more, encourages them to come back more often, and helps them discover treatments they'll absolutely love. On top of that, your practice can sell memberships and offer financing for services all through your very own app designed and managed by the experts at RepeatMD. The bottom line is that RepeatMD enhances the entire patient experience while boosting your practice's revenue. They are game changers for your med spa. So what are you waiting for? Visit repeatmd.com forward slash amspa to book a quick product demonstration. And guess what? We'll have special pricing for medical spa insider listeners and you'll receive 50% off towards your first purchase. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Head over to repeatmd forward slash amspa today. Hey folks, Alex Tiersch here, and I want to give a shout out to our friends at Podium for sponsoring this podcast. MedSpa Trailblazers, listen up, in a booming $16.4 billion industry set to spike 15% in 2023. Staying ahead is not a choice, it's a necessity. Meet Podium, the MedSpa Game Changer. Your prime clients 
The 35 to 54-year-old savvy seekers are online. The question is, are you capturing those leads effectively? Enter Podium, an AI-fueled powerhouse designed to not only attract, but convert with surgical precision. Respond to leads within minutes via text with Podium's mobile app. Outpace the competition, don't just keep up. Supercharge your lead generation, skyrocket conversions, and watch your revenue soar. Click the link in the podcast to discover Podium. Your med spa's trajectory is about to hit the stratosphere. Thanks so much. As you know, we work with, uh, Amspa works pretty closely with Dr. Weiner. He does, um, through his company, Sonesthetics, he does trainings with Amspa too. And um, when we first started that, he and I had a conversation and he's like, I've got this idea. I'm like, okay, you know, Dr. Weiner, like he's this genius, like this crazy, brilliant yeah. guy. And he's like, ultrasound, oh, we like- need to start doing this ultrasound thing. It's it's really important. It's really starting to kind of be adopted a little bit. And I'm like, tell me a little bit more about it. And he, we talked and talked and talked about it. But the thing that I remember the most about that conversation is him saying to me, you know, internationally, he's part of a group of doctors that really is adopting ultrasound. And one of them said, ultimately, it's something that could potentially result in malpractice if you don't have it, because you are injecting to a certain degree blindly without it. Um, so he was like, you know, in a 10, 20 years, potentially, this is going to be a requirement, you know, people are going to have to understand how to do this. And it, you know, when he said that to me, the light bulb turned on for us, because, you know, AMSPA is always, looking for safety and compliance and things like that. And it does make sense. It's a it's a very important tool for safety. I'm curious. Um, I've talked to quite a few people about it. And one of the things that I do hear um, often is it is a tricky technology to understand um, or to understand what you're looking at and things like that. Can you tell me a little bit more about how it's adopted in a you know, useful way, how much training needs to be done to understand what you're looking at, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is, there's definitely a steep learning curve for somebody who's never picked up an ultrasound. Um, you know, it's it's really hard to imagine that anyone who just picks it up is going to immediately become like proficient at it. But mm-hmm. that being said, I, I do think it's really critical that people at least start trying to make the effort. I mean, as I mentioned, um, it took me probably six years of doing it in the ER to become really proficient at using it in the ER. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't, it's, it's kind of tricky because as you sort of reference that there may be one day where it's malpractice if you don't use it, but I think it's also could be malpractice if you use it incorrectly or without proper training. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there needs to be some surrounding who is considered proficient at ultrasound of the face. Mm-hmm. Um, we have these standards, musculoskeletal ultrasound, you know, we have, you know, R- RDMS, RMSK, um, and these kind of sonographic credentials that come with being considered a qualified sonographer of certain, you know, uh, areas of the body. And I do think that in order for this to become part of the kind of culture of regulated, uh, a regulated area of aesthetic medicine, we do need to implement something like, you know, I don't know, coming up with some letters like Mm. F, U, 
not F you. That's not good. No, not F you. Facial ultrasound, F you. Um, you know, something where it's like uh, something we have to put an A, you know, facially right. approved ultrasound, something like that, um, where we can kind of qualify people and make sure that they, they have the required qualifications or can prove that they understand what they're looking at. Cause I, you know, a lot of these complications that uh, I get a lot of complications sent mm-hmm. my way and mm-hmm. some small percentage of them were like using ultrasound quote unquote, you know, and, and it's, it's tricky, you know, cause you want to make, you want people to use it, but you also want them to use it correctly. Um, you know, so, so how do you that there could guide be, that a little bit? Like, what do you say? Cause you are, you know, a renowned trainer in our um, country and really probably internationally um, for what you're doing. How do you guide that with someone who maybe just took a weekend course in ultrasound? Um, How do you make sure that they're understanding if they did just pick up an ultrasound machine, it's just the beginning and to be very careful? I'm, I'm just curious about how that works. Yeah, I mean it's a complex, it's a complicated question, and I'm not sure I have the the best answer for it. But you know, I I've spoken with many of the device companies in terms of like how you get this sort of part partnering with the device companies to you know say like okay, if you buy this device, this comes with this educational platform. Like you get like you know I know Mindray is they've done a really good job. Like when you buy the device, they'll pay for your course with me mm-hmm. um and that's like a huge thing you know where it's like i think it, i think it has to start really somewhere but it needs to be universal like the device company saying that's fine because the, the issue is that like when you buy a device at the hospital they have platforms at the hospital for training and mm-hmm. they have programs and they have photographers that come out with facial ultrasound i mean it's sort of like it's you know, there's an element of like this kind of cowboy terrain mm-hmm. where you get it and they're just slapping it on the face and don't really know what they're looking at and they're not getting proper training. And, and even worse, which is somebody takes one ultrasound training and then starts offering ultrasound training, mm-hmm. which is sort of the worst case scenario to me, mm-hmm. um, because then what what how diluted is that information and how how reliable is it for the people that they're teaching now? You know, so mm-hmm. I think, I think there has to be, I think starting with that standard of facial sonographer accredited or something where the people that are training, it can be making sure they're qualified to train. And, you know, the device companies are partnering with some of those people that say, these are the people that we recommend. These are the courses that we, we can tell you to go to, um, you know, and I think, I think that's, that would be a good first step. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think that, you know, Mindray has talked a little bit about getting some of these um, sonographer boards and these national boards to kind of credential people or come up with these standards. Stella, Dr. Stella and I have talked about that where we could kind of come up with these, like a, a course or uh, examination, some kind of test to make sure that you're credentialed for mm-hmm. use with it. Mm-hmm. Um it's tricky. It's a tricky situation. And um, I think we're probably years away from a good solution. Ultimately, though, it will be beneficial. Do you agree? 
The which part? Just ultrasound in general? Ultrasound being used regularly in medical aesthetics. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, definitely. And, and that's where, like, I trademarked and created this idea of safe mapping, which is at least like the very easiest way to get it into your practice, mm-hmm. to get ultrasound into your practice, where at least that's like a first step to preventing vascular occlusions mm-hmm. with certain injections that are most common. It's basically targeting these most common dangerous injections that you can, if done correctly with like the step-by-step safe map technique, then you can prevent these complications in a majority of scenarios. Mm-hmm. So I think kind of packaging these like little pearls of like, just do this and you're going to be safe, at least safer, um, rather than just this kind of, you know, renegade, like, yeah, you got your ultrasound. Now just rub it all over the face and you're <laughs> fine type of thing. Right. Um, as someone who gets sent complications all the time, I imagine, since you have a, I know Dr. Weiner always kind of talks about that too, is because of his ability with ultrasound, a lot of people are, you know, seeking out his advice. What are the complications that you're seeing the most of? And do you have any advice on kind of spreading the word on ways to prevent as much as possible? Because everybody has complications. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. I'm curious. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get really a variety. I've gotten everything from, um, you know, uh, your run-of-the-mill vascular occlusion to granulomatous formation, delayed onset nodules, migrated filler, even this, uh, like, biofilm scenario, which I presume is biofilm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, really, you name it, it's, it seems like I've seen it, even, like, some terrible situations where somebody thought it was from the filler, but it was actually myosarcoma, which is like oh, wow. cancer. Uh-huh. There's just like some crazy stuff where um it, it's it's hard to it's hard to say just like one pearl of advice, but the one thing I can say is most of these vascular occlusions are with needles. Um and I do believe that cannulas are safer. Mm-hmm. Um and I know there's some controversy surrounding that about like oh you can get a vascular occlusion with cannulas which of course like anything is possible with all these injections but I do believe that at least most of the vascular occlusions I get are from needle. Mm-hmm. So my injectors that work for me I I uh, pretty much all but require cannulas. You know it's most almost all the procedures. Um, that we do at my clinic or, you know, with filler, we, we use heavy cannula use to prevent these. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Danny, we're kind of coming to the end of our time, but I'm awfully curious to hear what um, is exciting you. I, I kind of love your outlook on aesthetics. I can tell it's something that you're passionate about, especially, you know, you've made some decisions in your career to really make sure to focus on medicine and, and you've, you've made some intentional decisions to be in this space. I'm curious about what excites you about what what's going on in uh, aesthetic medicine right now. What What do you see coming down the bend that is making you kind of interested and excited? Well, I, you know, I, I I am really excited about the more widespread use of ultrasound and aesthetics. So that that is really exciting to me, mm-hmm. and I, and the kind of research surrounding it is really exciting to me. Um, and just kind of the the fact that some of the you know the the big farm 
companies are kind of taking an interest in all of this uh-huh. is, is pretty cool to me because it's starting to kind of inform a lot of what we thought, you know, in the past that is turning out to be like, oh, maybe that's not so correct, especially like considering like longevity and duration of certain fillers and mm-hmm. what we're what we're able to find out now with ultrasound um, is really exciting to me mm-hmm. and how it's affecting our research. Um, in my own personal research, I hired a research assistant because I just have it's got like my wheels turning like, oh, let's look into this. We can start looking into this. And, and um, so I, I have an awesome research assistant who is helping me out with a lot of that. So uh, that that to me is really exciting. And, and obviously, Dr. Weiner, Stella, Leone, a lot of these these people in our industry who are spending so much time kind of saying, OK, now let's look into what what else we can learn with this stuff mm-hmm. um, to kind of push what our knowledge. Um, that to me is really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing about this industry that is always exciting is that it's always exciting. There's a lot going on. Nothing is stagnant. Yeah. You know, there's there's always something yeah. around the bend. So well, Danny, totally. I appreciate your time with us. Um, it's been so much fun. Um, cur- my my last question: How is splitting the baby going? Are you feeling like you're you're doing? I mean, I balance. I think is a total myth, but are do you feel like you're you're feeding both of your passions? I definitely feel like I'm feeding um, both of my passions. Right now is like I'm right in the middle of like moving my business to a larger location. Ugh, yeah. So um, I'm, I feel like I'm splitting the baby into like four <laughs> chunks right now. Like, it's a really chopped up baby. Yeah. Oh, um, so, and so I, you know, I've got the move and, and just, you know, I mean, the, I look forward to kind of getting this part where we're kind of transitioning to our bigger space um, out of the way so that I can, you know, focus like my actual babies. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> They need some attention you know, too. Kind of the balance, <laughs> yeah, the balance of like family and work is is it's always challenging. I think as as moms, uh-huh. um, and so um, so I look forward to babies split into two fewer pieces. Indeed, I totally get that. <laughs> well. I know I speak for many when I say I look forward to whenever things calm down for you, your next kind of foray into the wild and wonderful world of medical aesthetics. Um, and I appreciate you spending time with us today. Uh, you're uh, incredibly fun to watch and also so incredibly intelligent, um, kind of leading the way in the ultrasound space and and what that can mean for ultimately patient safety and um you know, increasing training in our industry. And I I know I speak for many when I say thank you for all of your efforts to keep us smiling and keep us learning as well. Well, thank you so much. Those are very kind words. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you, Danny. Thanks, Kathy. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, AMSPA President and COO Kathy Christensen was joined by Danny Shear, Physician's Assistant, Injector, and Founder at Sparkle Aesthetics. If you're new with us, click on the subscribe button, then receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.